Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You need to know exactly where your food's coming from. That's the, the clientele that buy the menu every week. Keeping your eyes open and your ear to the ground, essentially, and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that, that provenance, that ability to not just know where something came from, but to really know the, the ins and outs of how it was raised mm-hmm. is really important. G'day and welcome to another Capital Cookbook 3 podcast. This is the Quicksand Food Connection and I'm Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Bernd Braidman. Bernd is a mate of mine. He's the head chef of A Baker in New Acton and I worked under him for about a year in the kitchen of A Baker. He introduced me to the world of wild food in Canberra, foraging for mushrooms, picking succulents, different types of plants, fruits. He's got a pretty deep knowledge about what's available in wild food in Canberra. And I think the world of wild food in Canberra goes somewhat unnoticed. So this conversation is about the environment of Canberra and what's available for people to pick and enjoy from the wild. I enjoyed my conversation with him. I always learn a lot when I talk to him. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Bernd Braderman for the Capital Cookbook 3 feature, Wild Food in Capital Country. You took me on the first mushroom hunt that I've ever been on. Yep. In... Secret Spot X. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> what do you reckon? Like a 15, 15K, 15Ks from the Canberra city yeah, centre, just about. Yeah. Yeah. Maximum, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be far. And there's, um, you know, there's numerous different types of, you know, mushrooms and different wild products that, that grow around us. Like we're in a regional place and you've got all these pine plantations you know, 100%. around us as yeah. well. So, I mean, like, what do you do? Describe what it's like for you when you go out picking mushrooms in the autumn. I absolutely love it. I try and take the kids out um, as much as I can. Um, where we went, it's also not the only place that the mushrooms grow, obviously. Yeah. There's a lot of different places. You just, you know, you sort of uh, tend to gravitate towards one place where you've had some good luck and, and whatever. But um, uh, for me, it's, it's uh, generally connecting. Like, I, I love going out. Um, and grabbing mushrooms is something about being in a pine forest in general but realising where things actually come from and uh, how they grow and then bringing them back and using something in that sort of time uh, from picking mm. is, is pretty pretty awesome to be honest with you mm. um, we, we absolutely love it and you know it can be a matter of uh, a few hours before it's on the menu somewhere so um, yeah absolutely love amazing it. it's I think what I found is like it's such a sensory 
experience just being out in the forest yeah, walking for sure. around on the pine needles and like you know when you like the smells and and you know the how serene it is in there mm. Mm. it it translates it, you can smell that same sort of environment in in the product itself when you get it home you know for sure i, I think it, it's totally different to uh you know, just today I was telling you before I went out to um, uh, went out to a mushroom farm just just outside of Yes, I went out, went out to Goodwood Creek, and uh, uh, you know it's it's very different growing things in in manufactured tunnels than it is to going out and seeing where where they really grow. Um, exactly what you said. It's the smells. It's the pine needles. It's the sounds or the lack of sounds sometimes. Mm. Even um, you know it's the it's the the moisture, the temperature. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal and sort of, um, I guess that's what I was trying to say before, being being immersed in that environment, you can sort of relate a little bit more to what you're putting on the plate. Mm. So. It's really special and, you know, I know that when when I've gone and picked mushrooms and when you get them home, mm. you treat them with a level of care that you don't usually do so, when you buy something from the supermarket 100%, or anything like that. 100%, yeah. I think it, it goes, this, you know, it's the same for pretty much anything that you buy. Um, uh, you know, you go to, to, let's say you go to Woolworths, for instance, um, you buy a vacuum-packed piece of meat. Um, there's no connection to where it came from or anything. It's just this beautiful thing with a little a pretty picture of a, a green pasture on the front and a cow that's black and white. <laughs> um, you know, when in matter of fact, you know, that's, that's not the case. But if you go out and see it all happen and, and watch the process and then take it home, you do 100% have a lot more respect for it. You won't waste as much. You'll think more about what you want to do with it and how you want to cook it mm. um, uh, than just to, you know, yeah, cool. use it straight up. So. I agree. And Canberra is a pretty, it's, it's a kind of a special place because we're a pretty rural city. So we have good access to producers and to, you know, things like going out and picking mushrooms and things like that so like our farms markets here in canberra down down at epic or at, at woden mm. you can go there and and really have a good conversation to someone who, who lives half an hour or an hour yeah, away sure. yeah. and and can tell you exactly their practices and exactly yeah, what's sure. going on yeah right. i think and that's that's one of the beautiful things about canberra i mean it's you know it is that best of both worlds and our markets here are, i think are absolutely awesome exactly what you said just before when you're in sydney you know going through these markets and there's yeah it's, it's quite hard to connect with people because there's so much volume it's on a, such a big scale that it's coming from you know from far and wide and most of the stuff in Canberra is coming within you know well let's say a few hundred k's mm. sort of um, yeah I, I don't know if it's just because I sort of talk to a lot of chefs and, and you know you'd be the same and, and sort of you know, we've got we're quite immersed in in the food world, but I feel like there's it, it, it seems to be sort of perpetually growing where people want to take the opportunity to connect to their food. It seems like more and more people that I talk to are interested in you know having a veggie garden and yeah. or growing their own herbs or having chooks or yeah. you know going to a farmer's markets and buying rather than buying you know a rack of lamb buying a quarter of lamb or half a lamb or, sure. or, or whatever it may be yeah. do you think it's something that, that that you see the community more and more interested in these days I don't know man I, I think um, uh, it's got a lot to do with um, you know how much uh, chefs and cooking in general restaurants have been exposed in the last 10 to 15 years through TV and stuff um, uh, but I think there's you know there's the massive movement towards uh, 
a health orientated food, organic, local, regional, seasonal. It's it's massive. You know, is it becoming a bit of a buzzword? It probably is for sure. People are jumping on the bandwagon, but um, I think people are, are, are genuine in their intent to to try and make things a little bit more um, uh, close to home. You know, and yeah. and yeah, for sure, people are going to the, to the markets more and, and sourcing their stuff a little bit more locally. It's it's great if you ask me. I think mm. I think it's awesome so. for sure. I want to go back to mushrooms for a second. Yeah. So. I mean, we, we found two types of mushrooms when I came out with you, yeah. pines and slippery jacks. Is that is that all you find tend to find around here? Uh, look, man, that, that's definitely all I'll pick. Uh, there is a lot more out there. <laughs> yeah, there's all you, sorts. I'll yeah. show you a few different types, but there is a, uh, there is a heap out there. Um, you know, the main reason that, that I, I will only ever pick those two for now is, is they're um, uh, extremely identifiable. And um, uh, even their families don't contain any deadly mushrooms. Yeah. And as, as we all well know, um, there's been cases in Canberra in the last couple of years where, Gosh. you know, people have, um, uh, people have suffered, I guess, from, from picking the wrong ones. So, um, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely the, the um, Lactarius delicious, which is the saffron milk cut, which is so distinct because of when you cut the stem it, it licks that orangey sort of milk straight out of it. Um, and, and the slippery jacks also, the skin um, for one in its texture is very distinct. And then also the gills, it doesn't even have gills. It has mm. a sponge-like yellow, sponge-like uh, texture underneath the gills. Um, again, as I said, all of it, the family of that mushroom, which which may look similar, are not poisonous either. So that's, that's um, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. and. I think it's pretty important to say that picking mushrooms isn't something you should just go out and do. Like, Definitely there's not. no way that I would have ever ever done it without without an experienced person like yourself telling no. me what's what. No, because there's hundreds of types of mushrooms out there that you yeah. see. There's and thousands. There's and thousands, thousands, tens of thousands. Yeah, you know, and you can never be sure unless you're with yeah. someone who's really experienced. So yeah, it is it is really important. Totally agree. And I had this experience was only only just a few years ago now where um uh Shawnee mcconnell took me out and, and he showed me those those two types and sort of walking around talking through the same thing um and, and yeah i think rightfully so it's really important to say that uh, don't just go picking mushrooms and and smashing them because it's um uh, yeah yeah well there you go and if you see a chef if, if there's a chef saying he only picks two types because they're the ones that he's confident are edible then yeah it means that it's definitely important to be cautious. Yeah, for sure. But you know, there's it's it's an awesome thing to do as well um, if you get the opportunity. The I guess you know another like a huge buzzword at the moment is foraging, yeah. and mushroom gathering is foraging. But it's something that it's something that has been around for centuries. You know, like sure. it's just the way that people would gather their food. That's right. I think it's, yeah. it's how people got their food before then uh, uh, the, the repercussions of, of population growth isn't it really mm. yeah. <laughs> it's people will just gather their food and grab it and take it back yeah. and um, as we got bigger and bigger and more and more people in the world they started to have to grow farms and, and now we're at a stage where we have to manipulate crops uh, and grow them in, in ridiculous uh, ridiculously short times and all that sort of stuff yeah. so um, uh, yeah foraging was was the original the necessity. <laughs> necessity hunting and gathering that's right yeah. um, but I think one of the cool things about, um, you know, the idea of foraging is that it's bringing ingredients, you know, into 
into the sort of public that would never have been thought of to be used before, mm. which also means that it, it's, it sort of provides an opportunity to explore flavors through different things. I mean, now, like, you see it and, you know, you know, ants described as giving citrus characters to mm. something rather than, rather than just using citrus mm. or something, you know, tart. You know, there's mm. there's that same character in ants, or you know, different types of native nuts and stuff that we have. And a little sort of thought that I had was that Australia is a really cool place because we are like an isolated continent, and the animals and plants that grow here are really, really unique. So, you know, if you if you went foraging in Spain, mm. there's a high likelihood that you would gather similar stuff that you would find in France. Yeah, but. In Australia, we've got so many of these really weird and exotic and obscure natives that yeah, for sure. foraging foraging is kind of special here. Like, and 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 I love the connection to indigenous culture as well with sort of these wild foods that are being discovered and used. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think well, I think foraging can be special anywhere, but you're dead right. There's, you know, in within Europe, I mean, you look at the size of Australia. And the you know the, the changing climates and stuff throughout all of Australia will be the difference between you know seven, eight, or nine different countries in Europe joined together. Mm. So um, uh, yeah, for sure you look at you look at stuff up. I'm I'm sure I've never been been foraging in Arnhem Land, but I'm sure there's you know just a, an amazing amount of different stuff up there than there is to here than there is to Tasmania and even just a thousand k's south mm. of here. Yeah. So um, it's um yeah it's cool too because like. I think that as, as it starts to grow as well, you probably see more people getting involved in it. I know that down on the south coast, like, you know, we can go and pick things that are, are, are well-known, pretty well-known now, like wild spinach and samphire and, mm. and those sorts of things. But mm. especially along the coastlines, there's so much edible stuff mm. that, that, you know, that, and it all, it all starts with the chefs. You're not always going to be going and picking some, you know, sea cabbage and taking it home to cook yeah, as a sure. as, as a yeah. normal person but it's yeah. it, it, it's interesting to it's interesting for chefs to be able to use that sort of thing and there's just so much out there that people don't don't realize is even edible um uh, just an example i went for a, a walk with um uh, my sister who studied uh, natural resources and, and works for land and water but um we went for a walk up to kosciuszko national park when jules was pregnant and um, uh, as we're walking up, you know, from the top of the chairlift up towards Kosciuszko along those little sort of um, uh, metal walkways, uh, she was just walking past things and going, you know, that, that's native celery, that's totally edible, that's, that's a seaweed, that's edible, that's that. Um, you know, and I was just sort of going, wow, there's, there's just so much out there that's, that's usable yeah. and edible that we just don't know about. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that's, that's what I think you were touching on before with the, the indigenous part of things, but that's how people lived before, before westernisation, which here in Australia wasn't very long ago, as we all know. Yeah, um, uh, yeah there's, there's tons and tons and tons, and it's so specific to climate and altitude. Yeah. Um, it, it just varies so much. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting, and, and uh, like it's it's amazing to think if you know people people would know what they're walking past. You know, you, you could be going for a walk down near the Cotter or you know up in the Snowy Mountains, like you say, and the amount of edible food that you're walking past, and it doesn't take much to just have a taste of something if you know it's edible to have a taste of something and think, 
you know, what does this taste like? Mm. You know, there, there was stuff down the coast. You know, I I spent a lot of time down there as a kid that we someone told me this is bush tucker, this is edible, mm. and have a taste and be like, oh yeah, that tastes like snow pea. You'd be like, oh yeah, that's kind of sweet and salty like pig face or something like that it's yeah. like oh that's yeah. kind of sweet and fruity and salty at the same time yeah. and interesting um as you get to learn about food it's you, you know those sorts of flavors like the it, it becomes fascinating and and you kind of your mind kind of starts it starts you know going with all the all the amount of stuff that can be done with different sure. different native wild ingredients for sure it's um and it's it's never ending i think you'd you know you'd be you can just learn and learn more and more about it. And I think what you're saying there also is um, your ability to sort of mimic like flavors from, from new products and go, oh, that's sort of acidic and sort of salty. Wow, that could work well with fish because mm. I use this ingredient, which already does that. Yeah. Um, just when you were saying about pig face, then I've got a, um, a succulent in my backyard, which is growing like an absolute weed. And uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's, it's exactly the same. It's, it's a little bit acidic. A little bit lemony and uh, a tiny bit salty, and we've used it at fish at you know, at a baker as well. So, um, uh, yeah, that's really cool. Even things like you see a lot of wild fennel around Canberra. Oh, plague proportions! Yeah, it's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Most people wouldn't know know it for driving past it, especially when it gets big in flowers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's all over the place. There's you know there's 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 a lot around Canberra. I mean, if you look at um, uh, you know, if you look at the, the obvious things like the fruit trees, the um, uh, there's, you know, there's there's little apple trees and um, uh, plums and uh, cherry plums all over the place. Yeah, growing, you know, lots all the way of down those little cherry plum stuff. trees and, everywhere. Yeah, they're, they're totally usable in the right way. Um, and then you go to, you know, you go any pretty much anywhere on the lake from you know, Civic all the way around to um, uh, Scrivener and all that sort of stuff. There's blackberries just in play proportion all over mm. the place. Uh, you'd have to be careful because a lot of them are sprayed, um, but they, they are. Uh, just on a side note, the government uh, uh, has to put signs there. I think that people for a while have been picking blackberries and they're kind of, you know, you forget that that's a part of this whole sort of wild wild food opportunities that, that are around. Yeah. Yeah. They're also everywhere. There's, there's, uh, uh, there's mulberries, there's uh, rose hips, which are great for tea and stuff. There's, uh, there's walnut trees, which aren't being utilised. There's... Um, uh, chestnut, you see chestnuts around. Chestnuts, hundred percent. There yeah. is for sure. Yeah, Everywhere. and there's, um, you know, a couple of people that come and see me at, at a baker that, um, uh, in in the season. It's sort of the end of summer and, or midsummer. They drop off uh, massive things of apricots and plums and stuff, and they just go look up. I can tell you where the trees are, but we've just got <laughs> twenty kilos of this. Do you want it? Everyone does. Spend you know? citrus um, this time of year. You know. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. got a, everyone's got surpluses of things at different yeah, times. For sure, and then there's you know um, uh, there's more boutique things that people don't know you know so much about as well. And, uh, there's locust flowers from the from the locust tree, and mm. they're, they're about to flower pretty soon. And they're, and they're very special and they're quite delicate. You need to sort of know what you're doing with them to make them uh, 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 to, to utilize them properly to the full potential. They're quite sweet, um, but it's just amazing that they're only around for a few weeks. Um, you know stuff like lavender and all, all the sort of flowers as well and, and uh, um, uh, there's tons of flowers around everywhere and yeah. they're not all edible but you know most blossoms and, and what I sort of go by most of the time is most flowers from edible plants are edible yeah so you know especially when they're young they can be quite tender and, and mimic the flavor of whatever you're using with mm. at home here are Jerusalem artichokes and they flower massively they're part of the sunflower family we we use the leaves 
the mm. flowers, the, you know, the, the leaves of the flowers, and they're absolutely beautiful. They've got a really light um, uh, artichoke flavor. That's really so, cool. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's favorite free herb, um, rosemary. Oh my God, rosemary. I mean, I've, seen, I've seen it for sale at the supermarket. Yeah. I was like, I thought rosemary was free. <laughs> my, my partner actually, Jules, bought a thing of rosemary back from, from Supermarket the other day and I almost knocked her on the head. I was just like, what are you doing? We've got a massive bush out the front, plus it grows plague proportions over Canberra. But having said that, right now, the, the flowers, it's, it's, um, it's flowering enormously. Probably like I've never seen it flowering mm. in Canberra. Um, I'm assuming due to due to a pretty warm winter and a wet winter mm. and the flowers are massive and they're quite sweet and they still have a good rosemary flavor not as strong uh yeah we're using them on a on a dessert at the moment oh um, awesome yeah perfect yeah, beautiful and there's just so so many of them quite easy to pick so yeah and it's those little subtle little additions to dishes that can sort of refine refine your food and, and make it a bit special you know like definitely you know yeah. if, if that translates like if you've got it on the menu or something in the you know the customer eats eats a dessert and goes oh, I can taste a hint of that you know herbiness of the rosemary mm. and but it's the flowers and you know it's those sorts of little surprises that makes that experience good for the customers as well right? definitely it's 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 a no-brainer for me I mean using just using what's around you know as much as you can which which goes back to the whole point that we're talking about I guess is sort of um uh, you know, foraging or just using using what's around you, not even just foraging, uh, being local, seasonal, but but actually doing it, not just using it on your menu as a buzzword. And, um, and yeah, trying to sort of stay true to that. Like we'll we'll never use asparagus outside of when I can get it from Don down the road. Mm. Same with blackberries. You know, uh, uh, strawberries to a to a most part, I will only ever use when Owen has them out at Lorendale Farms. Um, uh, you know, being realistic about depending on where you work. The size of uh, the restaurant and, the, and the, well, the size of your needs and how much you need to go through. Mm. There's obvious limitations and things that you know you you will have to get from somewhere else. But uh, uh, you know, at the moment we're getting uh, we're getting onions, garlic, potatoes. Um, uh, you know, kale is great at the moment. Mustard leaves at the moment. Um, uh, there's just so much out there that's mm. that's growing around us or grown by people very close mm. to us. So, and it's. It's like you don't have to you don't have to delve too deep to find these producers. You know, it's it's actually it's easy to access them, and mm. a lot of the time, some people are really small scale, and they're happy to sell you, you know, what they grow in their backyard or what what Definitely. they grow in their tiny little farm somewhere. Definitely. You know, and and yeah. it's so much more rewarding than going to the supermarket. Yeah, for sure. And it's I mean, um, you know, for us as a restaurant, there's there's places in Sydney which are already doing it, and uh, uh, Melbourne for sure. Um, uh, there's restaurants which actually just ask you to bring something in mm. and they'll trade you something so you you know you've got a lemon tree that's just going absolutely ballistic over your backyard mm. and they'll say look if you know we're, we're wanting lemons at the moment because we know they're in season bring us five kilos and we'll trade you a couple of free meals yeah. or a loaf of bread or um, yeah, two uh, you know, a jar of jam that. or something okay. yeah, yeah they, right. were it. they were doing oh, it they really they, yeah that, like Chris was saying um you know, just bring in, bring in a basket of whatever you've got at a rounder and, and you get coffee vouchers. Excellent. At, at the yeah. cafe, you know, like, yeah. because yeah, I've got, I've got more lemons than I can deal with right mm. now. I've got more limes than mm. I can deal with. I'm sure if you've got a mandarin tree in your yard, like a couple of weeks ago, like, what are you going to do? You can only have so much. You probably got mm. two jars of mandarin mm. marmalade left from last year. You know? It's <laughs> such a good trade off though. Cause it's sort of like, you don't need that product. 
and the shop does need the product, but they can give you something else in return, which doesn't cost them a terrible lot. So everyone's sort of winning, mm. really. I think that, that I think that the, that's one of the other cool things about Canberra is that it's a community that's small enough that you can find out about places that have that mm. sort of thing, or people like you who try to you know sell quality, you know, try to source proper local mm. produce rather than saying, well, local means. You know, we get it from the Sydney, and, mm. and and we put it under the local mm. umbrella. Like, mm. you know, you know your suppliers, mm. and and you know that they're, you know, a lot of the time it's just a one person operation, and you, sure. and you've got their phone number saved in your phone, yeah. and you just go, yeah. you know, Don, where's my asparagus, or mm. Maureen, where's my cheese, mm. or any of that sort of thing, and that's yeah. why Canberra is really cool. I think it's. it's that sure. access is yeah. easy and it's you know as time goes, goes on it's getting more and more like that I, I you know when we first started we were doing a lot more regional stuff than we are now and uh, uh, people are starting up more farms and they're growing more and, and the word's getting out there and, and you know like we discussed before and people are more into it so it's it's just happening more and more and I yeah. think you know it's, it's it's a pretty good thing on the horizon within yeah. hopefully within five or ten years it'll just be a, a really really solid sustainable year round food network here in mm. Canberra yeah, it makes sense. I think it'd be nice if, you know, I think that myself and you and people that have worked in hospitality and stuff, we kind of have the privilege of the education in this sort of thing and the knowledge of that sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen in other regions where people, you know, take a little a little group mushroom picking or, mm. you know, take a tour to, to, you know, farms within a region where, where people can meet producers and make connections and, yep. and, and start and start buying that produce. So I think that like there's a bit of that sort of stuff that happens in Canberra, but it, like I think that there's a lot of a lot of room there for it to sort of grow and increase. Oh for sure, well. man. For sure. Yeah. That's I think it's a, it's very early stages to be honest. And um uh I think people have to genuinely want to go a little bit further and, and, and research it and uh, actually delve into it. I think that that's when you find the most is, is when you're on the search a little bit, you know. Mm. If you just sit back and, and go to Woolies and Coles, you're not really going to pick up on that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, and it doesn't, uh, yeah. Take, it doesn't take much to, to get you over the edge and the, and the main thing that gets you, you know, gets you over the line is, is the flavour once, mm. you, once you bring that sort of oh, stuff back. Like yeah. I know that when I took those pine mushrooms back to my yeah. place and just cooked them up with some thyme and garlic and put them on yeah. toast with some butter... Yeah. It's divine, and it's as, like as I'm do, well, like as soon as as soon as you have your first mouthful, you're like, yeah. "Yep, well, I know what I'm having for brunch every year, every every autumn." Like, yeah. it is it is that much difference though, and uh, unless you've experienced it, you know you don't you don't actually realise how much mm. different it is. It's the same as having your tomatoes from you know we get out from Laurendale from Owen, but um, uh, and from Ingalara uh, and from Bright Size Produce now. Actually, at the moment we're going through about fifty kilos a week in the season, <laughs> but. Um, uh, the difference is is just chalk and cheese. Yeah, you actually have to eat it to, to experience it. And, mm. You know, buying tomatoes from the uh, organic section in Woolworths, unfortunately, is just not going to come in winter. Mustard. In in the middle of winter, <laughs> <laughs> from wherever they're coming from. Yeah, so, uh, bought to you by a um, uh, from a uh, greenhouse in northern Queensland. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're actually um, not that great. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think people know that there's more out there, and it's just kind of for sure. It's just kind of taking that first step into educating yourself and and, yeah. and you know making moves in the right direction. I think that's yeah. happening, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Cool. That's it.
Thanks for listening to my conversation with Bernd Braderman about wild food in capital country. I hope you learned something. If you want more of these podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and on Stitcher. They're under the Quicksand Food Connection. Or you can go to our website, quicksandfood.com, and find them on the podcast's link. If you want any more information and recent news, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Quicksand Food. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.